want. Listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose and think for yourself. Sorry about the chewing, folks. <laughs> yeah, we got some, we're, we're um, nimbling on some of those uh, signature select homo twists. Uh, no, that's not what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> Pretzel twists, honey mustard, homo twists. <laughs> well, that's always what how I've referred to as honey mustard for some reason. I think just working in a kitchen, like being so uh, active and. You're doing so many things that and kitchens are honey not. mustard is too many syllables when you're trying to communicate. And yeah, and kitchens are not you know necessarily respondent to uh, human resources needs. I don't think they have a human resources department, do they? It's usually the head chef, and you know <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever they let slide. slides. Yeah. You know. Well, it reminds me of that that movie. Uh, what was it with the restaurant shenanigans? What was that called? Waiting? Yeah. 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 They did a shitty sequel to it. I know, right? They really botched the, you know, what could have been a cash cow. But ultimately, yeah, the fir- I feel like there, you see that in a lot of shows, too, and it's like a certain percentage. Like, they'll try and overproduce this stuff that has already, yeah, like, you already have Just the- let it die sometimes. Yeah. Like- yeah. And that was one thing that actually mentioned Homeland earlier. That was one thing I could have really appreciate about some of the feedback about Homeland was like, oh, I wish they could have gone another season and all this. And it's like, yeah, but do you really want that? Like, just to be another show that's just going to keep trying to recreate? You yeah, when, you, you can tell when they're running out of ideas. You, know? you can tell when they're, like, dredging the bottom of the river for, you know, corpses of, you know, plots. Trying to write themselves out of their own scripts yeah. at times, and like it just tends to, yeah. We don't need to mention names. <laughs> well, I, I mean, think you know who you are. Every good show that goes on too long does it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like movie yeah. franchises as well, but like, I think that's why like Breaking Bad was so good was. You know, I was just yeah. It had a culmination. That. You know, it yeah. it knew where it was going to end. Mm-hmm. You know? And then there's certain shows where, you know, like maybe they know where they're going to end, but then you know they they end up getting creative and greedy and 
sticking in a few extra seasons somewhere in between there, you know, that weren't right. necessarily expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her. <laughs> I got to remember the sound. I suppose we oh, should. We yeah. should. No, you're good. We're good. We are good. No, but you, yeah. Uh, How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, when our listeners are listening to this, it'll probably be Hanukkah or Christmas, whichever you celebrate. Kwanzaa, right? Uh, Christmas, Christmahana Kwanzaa, I think is what it's called. Oh, that's what I was going to mention. Like the HR thing. Oh, yeah. Working yeah. in, <laughs> working in a, a kitchen. It's a, uh, dude, it can get brutal back there. People have knives and fire and, you know, yeah, boiling, scalding liquids, like, yeah, not a good place for vindictive people. Yeah. And if you do get under someone's skin, it's, yeah, you can make your life a living hell. Not like in the, I mean, well, I mean, maybe, maybe literally, but I mean, you you can make your life a living hell in the kitchen mm-hmm. just just by yourself. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, you know. yeah. It's yeah. yeah. You're dealing with so much. I've been getting into like the past um, seasons of like Hell's Kitchen mm-hmm. and remembering how intense it can be. <laughs> of course, he's just poking like people constantly. You can tell. Oh yeah, no, he, he he's. I mean, and and sometimes when people give it back to him, he actually like it's like, oh, oh, you know, like they become one of his favorites all of a sudden, you know, because like maybe they have some talent, but also they're not necessarily there to just get used as a punching bag. No, not at all. But he's like, he's just the thing that'll get me with with some of those clips is like. You can, you can get, he can get away with that most of the time because you really, that's why you're watching the show. You're watching the show for him to, to do that. But he, there's an art to it where like sometimes he's just like, they're out, he's out of something to totally fuss about. And it's like, hurry up with the chicken. And it's like clearly like they don't want to send up raw chicken. Like you could have said that within. Clearly, the time well before you can cook a breast on a skillet on a stove, uh, and just and just tee it right up for uh, okay. We got this in our back pocket to to you know use as as ammo. He is, yeah, like he's a master of of shit giving, definitely, and probably a pretty good chef too. Apparently, according to his, you know. Oh, he's great. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm, gosh, yeah. I'm being, I'm being facetious. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> fucking a really good chef. It's obviously. amazing. But I like watching him actually work. He's a character, he's, yeah. Like, yeah. And that's what, at the end of the day, lends himself to... God, is he to, ever... You know, like, that. It's, it's a famous meme, you know, of him holding a piece, a slice of bread on each side of this chick's head. And he's like, what are you? She's like, I'm a shit sandwich. He's like, you're a shit sandwich. <laughs> like, that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, like, she's crying, <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> yeah, it gets pretty pretty dark, and it's, some of it's so crucial. That's the kitchen. Where's the lobster? Is missing in action. Where's the lobster? <laughs> right here, chef. I saw a tuck in a panic, so what I just took over. This? I just wanted to get the food out. Come on. This is not possible. Come here. All of you, come here. Whatever it is, it's not my fault. This is not fucking possible. This cannot be true. Well, put down what, what you're doing. There? What is that there? Come here and look at what this. What is that? This is... Yeah, it's fucking raw. Like public on, shaming. <laughs> I mean, just yeah, the ups and downs, the thrills and chills. It's a great yeah. I can't hang you, but I can make everybody stop what they're doing and come look at this. <laughs> <laughs> he uses that tactic a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the same time, it's interesting. Like, I get it. Reality TV, like it's it's its own. It's gonna. <clears throat> you know, it's going to milk that for as long as it can. Um, Reality the, TV is disgusting. Yeah. Com- uh, just, yeah. It's just more distraction when we don't need it sometimes. Like, when we, because you can get addicted to it. You can get wrapped up in the drama if you're consumed by, like, that. Um, I mean, I felt it even coming through me a little bit. Like, my mood changed. My like there were all these. There were all. The, there was all this cattle, ca- uh, collateral uh, damage, like yeah, collateral yeah, liability yeah. to like getting sucked into it. It's like watching cops. Ugh. Like so addictive, right? But like it kind of, kind of. If it's not at an overnight at a hotel room, like once, if it's like more than a certain prolonged. Oh yeah, when you're like, hey, then, hey, we got to go to bed. Cops is on. You know, like that's a problem. <laughs> yeah that but, too um is is that what you were getting at um no just more like oh. along the lines of uh thinking like um you just get so raptured and involved and so you end up kind of mimicking some of these these patterns too like we're, we're just we are being self-referencing beings so we're we're, we're mimics that's how yeah. we learn yeah yeah And so the natural process of that, unless you have the wherewithal to step back or actively watch it to the point where you're basically sick of it, like that's, I guess, a good sign. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you need to make an active choice not to act a certain way, you know? And, you know, if, if sometimes that, that means, Oh, well, I don't want to follow this pattern, you know, that you're even semi-subconsciously following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that that's like, I'll have my week or two just where I'll binge this fucking chaotic show. Get my, you know, quotable moments and have a laugh and then like, okay, now it's time to actually stay focused. But you asked me how my Thanksgiving was. It's me. Like <laughs> I'm in binge mode of like all the things. Yeah. It's funny. We, uh, yeah, we both have non categorical 
ways of describing our Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Um, and mine, yeah. Other than that, it was fine. It's not like I spent the whole time watching Hell's Kitchen, but leading up to it, getting into cooking mode, cooked up a feast, and yeah. I was, and do the classic turkey and everything? Um, classic in the sense of, like, I mimicked the brining process with, like, just like a simple dry brine where you just load it up with salt and let it sit. And mine sat for, like, 18 hours in the fridge, just letting it, like, yeah. Have like, the desired effect? Um, Yeah, like, it, it, seasoned it, it seasons it to, like, its core. It's kind of amazing how it works, but I did overcook parts of it. That's yeah. the thing that I'm like, ah. I might have a secret for you. Something. Mm. We we had never done this before. I've heard of it, but never actually done it. And Tara, the day before, she's like, we're taking our turkey and we're spatchcocking it. Oh! It's like, it's like if the Vikings and the French got into cooking together. Because, like, you literally have to rip out the spine of the fucking thing, which is super cathartic depending on who you're hanging out with on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. like, getting, getting ripped the spine out of something, you know, nice. And, you know, you feel like the predator, you know, like, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, like you, you basically take some snips of whatever sort, like there's things called, uh, uh, poultry, poultry shears, but yeah, most, you just use that. I've done it with a chicken many times. Yeah. Most, yeah. most, yes. So, you know, where you're snipping the back, the snip, the back cage. Yeah. You snip the ribs off, off the backbone and then you cut out the, the wishbone and then you pull out the backbone. You flip it over, and then you break the breastbone like you're doing CPR, mm -hmm. and then you fold the wings underneath, and you fold the legs a certain way, and it all cooks so evenly, like Ooh. so, like so fucking juicy. Like I've never had a juicier turkey, but we fucked up because we buttered the uh, the skin. We buttered the outside of it. Shouldn't have done that. Buttered the inside of it, too. Yeah, you often hear people, re re like, swear by it. Like, that's the way to do it. Butter <sighs> butter in the on the skin, under the skin, get in there, mas massage it. Those are usually people that have been in denial for, like, 30 years, though. Uh -huh. you know, just like... I once got, speaking of Ramsey, like, a recipe of, like, bacon. You put the bacon on the turkey. And I've tried that, but it didn't have... Everyone's oven's different. So, yeah, that's, you know... That's right. You have that. and, but, but like depending on the height that you put it in, too, mm -hmm. I think plays a big part. But so what? What is this called again? Spatchcocking. Spatchcocking. Yeah. I have never heard of it called that. I've always just thought you just yeah yeah you, you just, just butter take, butterfly it. It's like well, no. I mean, usually butterflying is like when you take a fillet and you right. you, you slice it, you slice know, it, yeah. uh, thickness wise. Mm -hmm. But uh. Yeah, I mean, you. It has a similar effect. You're just taking out 
most of the bone structure of the bird. And then you use the spine and everything you take out, you use all that to make your gravy. So fucking Well, that's the best. I actually bought extra necks that were going to come with, you know, it's like one giant neck out of a 22-pound bird, you know, like cooking for... That was another part that lended to the obscurity of what was bound to probably happen of overcooking parts of it is like when it's that big, it's like, it's more difficult to, you know, you got to constantly rotate and you have to, I, I don't baste like you don't necessarily need to baste with dry brine. That's why I always loved the dry brine method because instead of the wet brine and with brining, you're, you're basically using salt to penetrate the cell walls of the meat so that it seasons thoroughly like within the the breast and things like that, like deep in the bird, the fibers of the... Yeah, soaking in some of those, the salt. those seasoned juices. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, you're working with we did salt. A, we did a wet brine. We, we uh, you know, did it on the stovetop and then put our turkey in or a Yeti and just poured it in, threw it outside. Totally. And, you can uh, do that, too. Yeah, yeah, folks. Yeah, if you have a decent sized cooler. Oh yeah, I always run into the challenge of like having a. We vessel. don't even have a big cooler. Yeah, I mean, it's a small. I think it's the smallest. And I one. have a food grade, like bucket, six gallon. That would work grade. too. Yeah, totally. What would be a five gallon bucket is actually a six gallon for the. Yeah, but you know, I. Highly recommend spatchcocking. It's the juiciest bird I've ever had. Well, that's great to hear, dude. Next next time we won't butter the skin. Definitely spatchcock my bird next time. And it is kind of fucking gratifying, you know, because, like, your, your crazy batshit mother that you love with all your heart is standing, like, right behind your shoulder just you know, yapping away about something or other, and, and and you're just like, snap, 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 rip, spine out, flip it over, snap, break the breastbone, you're just like, ah, yeah, no, no, your Christmas village looks nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bless her heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Family, family always can. Yeah, family get, get it, get in our, get on our nerves. And sometimes- it's like one of those, like, uh, yeah, just like a sore tooth. Just you're so familiar with it, but you can't help but like mess with it just a little bit here. Oh yeah, like you know, like oh, like it's just too easy, too many easy targets. Like it's just it's a fucking. Yeah, kind of an inside-out uh, experience. I, I, I think a family that doesn't mess with each other, you know, on the frequent, at least when they're together, is one that doesn't really care about each other, you know? Like, like used to be a time and place where that's one of the ways that you let people know that you cared about them was, you know, by giving them a little razzing. Not all the way, you know, you're not being mean to them, but 
you're giving them a little, you know, mm-hmm. like keeping them on their toes, you know, and it's like, it's a lost art these days. It's lost on me, apparently. I get too, I get too. Too pokey. Emo- yeah, too emotional and it gets, it gets bad. So yeah. I, that art, that fine art, going back to like the art of war, which you brought up many times, um, I think has so much to offer. Um, you know, cause it's all conflict. And when you have that close proximity and that emotional charged thing, it's gonna, it's gonna find something to discharge onto. And the other sad part, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, like just like static, like poof, poof, you know, like once, once you find a ground, you're going to discharge whether you necessarily want to or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mean to say discharge like that. That's kind of... <laughs> no, not like the... Kind of gross. Not like the, the juice, yeah? So why don't you just chill? No, but still. Link and I are cruising the mountain, bro, and we figure we's a little juice. No, we think the juice. <laughs> we's the juice. No, 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 we think the juice. No, we the juice. Oh, dude. Well, yeah. shout out to Encino Man, Polly Shore, and Brendan <laughs> Fraser there. <laughs> Fucking great scene. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> no, we <reason> the juice. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that that was that guy from. Uh, I forget what other movies, but Mr. What? Deeds comes to mind. He's like the bald dude with the pipe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 He always plays mm-hmm. like a, a spooky older aristocratic fella mm-hmm. or or some <laughs> for some reason like an Indian or Middle Eastern guy. Yeah. 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 And I've seen him in just seeing him in other things and then seeing him do that. <laughs> it's like it's perfect. It's so good. Yeah. Um, what a what a great movie. Encino Man. Fucking shout out. Worth worth watching. Mm. Might have to watch it again. Yeah, me, seen it since me and the missus were, were in like Christmas movie road mode right now. So. Dude. So, okay, so let's go over this. Yeah, please. Alright. <laughs> What's Christmas movie like What's your favorites? What's her favorites? Hmm. You know, yeah, like, geez. how, and how do Don't they, really. like, kind of co-align? Like, serious favorites? I mean, give me, a your, lot of give it. me, give me, like, an example of, like, your top three and her top three. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'll give you my top three and Tara's top three. Okay. Or actually, I probably don't even know her top three, but and her a couple, couple of them are probably and her list is way more like based. It's just more based on like that like memory that's associated with it. Um, so they're kind of it's going to sound a little all over the map, but uh, mine are Family Man, It's a Wonderful Life, and The Night Before. Jesus. I know it's a wonderful life. I don't know the other two. Yeah, Night Before is relatively new. 
um, newish. It's with Seth Rogen and um, a couple other guys that have been in other stuff too. I just don't know their names, but um, yeah, it's it's funny. It's like like a <clears throat> Christmas version of the end of the world or the end is near or whatever. No, they that movie it's they three three friends who get together after not seeing each other and like every it's like a tradition every um Christmas Eve they, they spend knock. time with with each other and do stuff together like whatever but you know there's drugs involved and it's fucking hilarious. Not that we advocate that. No. But uh no, it's good. It's funny. Um but it was I was actually tied between that and um Oh shit! Now, see, this is why I probably was what not mentioned, but um, that like the man. Oh, that's it. The man who invented Christmas. It's with uh, Christopher Plummer's in it, um, who plays Scrooge, and it's like about Charles Dickens, and it's like what was happening in his life. That's however well documented that it is. I don't know, but. As he was developing a Christmas Carol, uh, so it's a pretty good. So film. it's like the making of a Christmas Carol, kind of. Mm-hmm. Almost. Yeah. So you get these like subtle hints and notes of like the writer's mind of how he associated certain characters to an- to others and things. What's that called again? Um, the man who invented Christmas. Okay, might be worth looking into. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. That's actually like. If you're looking for good, like, good, good quality and not so much like a stamp on, like, oh, they really pulled at the heartstrings and they made it actually into a multi-dimensional thing, um, which they did, but it's definitely not. It's more of a, yeah, like a mancali type state to be in. I mean, sadly, I mean, this can be a melancholy time of year for people, you know, like, I struggle with it. Sometimes, sometimes different years are different, and sometimes it, it ebbs and flows through that given year. But mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, uh, I don't know what it is about obligatory celebrations, but I'm just not a fan. Like, it, it's it's almost like it cheapens genuine celebrations, you know. That being said, mm-hmm. uh, we're not doing, and we're not doing presents with my family this year. Yeah, so, like, yeah. that's like another major change of what's making this kind of a unique time. And your mom will still probably show up with a couple gifts for everybody. I hope not. Yeah, because yeah, she, yeah. Jocelyn, will <laughs> not be pleased. <laughs> well, I mean, if that happens, and I've, I've gone through this, like, and not to make her out into some Grinch character. No, she, no, she's no. just like very, very much hell bent on making like a difference the anti-consumerist yeah. aspect of fucking christmas i mean the consumerist aspect of christmas i'm guessing sorry and part of it and more just in real in terms of reality like we don't literally have enough nooks and crannies that we would want to just keep swallowing one thing after another and then it just not getting used there was one year where i asked for not to get into like deep personal whatever yeah but no, just as an example, I'm sure everyone, anyone listening may have a similar, similar story is like, I couldn't tell you how many times I said, don't get me lotion because I have plenty. I have plenty. I have way too much lotion. I don't jerk off this much. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I certainly. I don't even know, dude. I have like a. He's a dry jerker. Of, I have like a lifetime supply of lotion. Even if I did, you know. Anyway, gotta crawl out of it. <laughs> I teed that right up for you, didn't I? Fuck me. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, <clears throat> and then of course more lotion comes. You know, but not again. Not, gosh, coming right off the heels of Thanksgiving, like I'm grateful for all those things. Sure. Yeah, it's the gestures are, are amazing. Yeah, I, I, the and, day, and there's a certain essence and and you know fragrance in the air that I'm going to miss without that. Oh, let me just give lotion. you this meaningless thing that oh. you're gonna rip open a fucking. <laughs> There's a lot of ties in that. That's a web of. <laughs> God damn it! I'm still in the lo- I'm still uh, trying to crawl out of the God. lotion. We're gonna have a lotion the lotion episode. Oh fuck me! <laughs> what do I do? No, it's fine. Um, Sorry, but like you, you, you were saying that you, there's certain things that you miss, like in the air, you know, opening, opening stuff, and you know, like it's mostly of just, that season yeah. of you know just giving and receiving. I'm guessing. Yeah, I think I would be way more inclined to appreciate more of something like maybe next year we like tweak the rules and like it has to be consumable and it can only be one thing. Chances are they're going to try and make it themselves, which is like way more meaningful to me. Like if someone made something and like made something that like for you to eat or something that's going to last, you know, be, you know, an heirloom of sorts, you know, like, you know, if, if, if somebody wants to like carve you something out of a small piece of rock because they happen to have that skill set, it's like, Mm. And, you know, like, that's going to last your family forever. It's like, that's a meaningful gift, you know? Like, yeah. Going to Walmart and being like, all right, here's here's 20 bucks for Judy. Here's 20 bucks for Cindy. Here's, you know, and just you're walking up and down the aisles, buying them cheap Chinese plastic bullshit, you know? Yeah, like, done that too. And, and sometimes, 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 you know, like... You can find, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying you can't go there and buy some, something that somebody doesn't need, or you can definitely go there and find stuff that people need, you know, like in your life. Absolutely. No doubt. Like, no, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but I know what you mean. I mean, it's just that there's a much more meaning and depth behind this something that was either crafted or that was so um, connected and resonant with the receiver that it really just, it just, you know, it's... Whether whether it's a meal or an art, what ends up being an artifact someday, it's like Mm -hmm. when somebody puts that intention in, to something for somebody else like yeah like there's a resonance there I yeah think. not to romanticize it too well, too no. much you know because it can be just something simple like oh you took time out of your day to make cookies for everybody yeah or whatever like you took time out of your day because you had these people or this person was on your mind to such a degree that you took the time the patience the energy it takes to really hone in on 
on that. And so that's the tradition. Now we have all this <clears throat> commercialized and sensationalized layer upon layer, you know, Wi-Fi at every corner. Um, it's just Black Fridays, Black Mondays, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. If you have Wi-Fi, if you're connected to the internet at all, you're getting bombarded. If you're connected to even some of those cases are like, if you get, if you're connected to your, like, if you have cell service, you're bombarded. They'll send you texts. They'll send you emails. It's just, it's fucking constant. Which one? Which one? See, not on my phone. <laughs> not on my phone. Uh, Michelle, can I call you right back? I've got something about to boil over. Okay, thanks. Mace! Mace! What are you doing? (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. You motherfuckers are gonna kill all my lilies! (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's it. That's, oh, God, that's... That's a mantra for me sometimes. It's funny that you, yeah, mentioned that. You get to watch shortly after I was movie. telling you about my phone <laughs> fucking smashing it. That's like, how. That's how mine's gonna die. I'm. I'm gonna. Yeah, sit dude, right down on the ground, and I'm gonna fucking shoot it in the face like eight times. It's kind of amazing that mine has lasted as long as it has. Like it's really starting to glitch out pretty bad, <clears throat> and so I. I am getting another phone. Um, you and I both. I'm biting the bullet, and yeah, I. It's that time anyway. This phone is about to get onto the sunset list, so it's its sun is setting, as it turns out. So, part of me is actually kind of proud that I'm in that position. Like, okay, I get it. This is the finish line. Fair enough. Played a fair game, and somehow I feel like I won. In the end, (laughs) (laughs) like I can still have this thing work and I can tolerate it when it's broken to shit and yet hanging by a thread enough that I'm not, I'm not miserable. I'm not miserable. That's where mine is. I'm actually, yeah, I'm quite content. I almost smack every morning while I'm taking a dump. I almost smash it on the sink right in front of me, like right on the corner. And that's one thing I'm going to do when I do finally kill it. I'm going to smash it, and then I'm going to bite it, and then I'm going to burn it, and then I'm going to shoot it. I've told it this, you know, and I said, if you have children, I'm going to eat them in front of you. But it hasn't procreated yet. But yeah, that fucking thing, like, just barely not miserable, like you said. Yeah. I uh, have a similar vision with mine. Um not to like overkill it. No. No, let's overkill. Let's overkill. Yeah. But I want to see how much a lithium battery can ignite. At the same time, I feel like, you know what? Whatever. Like, it's a tool and I'm going to use it like that and to hell with it at the end of the day. Like, I can, I can, I'm okay with, you know, just my last one I have stowed away and it doesn't, it's like, it's not alive. It doesn't have any life. It's just stowed away. It's like, okay. Like 
it's been an interesting thing since these have come out because like I don't I don't really recall my very first one. You know? Like it all kind of just very first smartphone. Yeah. 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 And there's actually this fucking what a weird road to go down. But you know, there's people out there that are so deeply addicted to their device. And it's so sad to me. Um, and there's a movie called Alexis. What is that? Yeah, Alexis, I think. No, I don't know. Um, maybe? No, it starts with a Z. Something. It's it's like a mimic on the phone has a name. And it, it's like interactive. It's like the Alexa, you know, generation of. Um, uh, I mean, we already have that with Siri. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's basically it's, a a, fun, it's another Siri, but they called it something else, and it has that guy from what he originally started with, which was like fucking um, mail order comedy. <clears throat> Do you ever watch that? Do you remember that? Sounds very familiar. Yeah, it was like I remember part of it was like part of um, that feed of. Um, a social media. Gosh, see, I can't even. I can hardly remember the name. MySpace. It was like like part of MySpace. (laughs) But that's that's kind of the point too. Like these things are just a blip and like flash, boom, fast forward to like I can't remember my first smartphone kind of thing. And like, whoa, here I am and making life decisions, and my life somehow revolves around it to some degree. You know, so it's like it's kind of a weird dynamic. It's like turned into this uh, monstrosity, a necessity. Mm. You know, if you're not connected to Wi-Fi, I'm seeing more and more out in the open, like in public, with people actually using their fucking phone to to get into places and things like that. Like phone that pays for things and fuck that. Yeah, I know, right? It's kind of it's kind of. We need to get back to cash at the very least. You know, like, but yeah, it's, it's scary people, like, how easily they're being just disenfranchised from their ability to spend without being connected. Right. Right. Yeah. And, of course, their argument would be, well, we're more connected. We're more connected to... To everything, like yeah, you're, right. You're no, I know feed. that's the problem. Yeah, you you are connected. It's a that's total right. They can't spend without being connected. Right. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah yeah. 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 You know, like I thought you meant connected by like connected to like the harmony around us. Sorry. No, I'll no. I yeah. mean, if that was the case, we'd be on the barter system still. Yeah, well, that's kind of where my mind went when you said when you said cash, because cash and other like hard asset, like commodity based asset things, um, call it what you will. I mean, cash gets a pretty bad rap, but but it's better than credit. It's better than you know CBDCs. It's better than. Non-fungible tokens. And already, if you're not familiar with uh, Gresham's Law, have you heard of this before? Oh, shit. Maybe. It's it's an economic term law that 
basically says that um, bad money drives out good. So what it means is that the more plentiful bad money is, bad money is yep. the more the good money actually comes, it actually leaves <clears throat> circulation and people start hoarding it more. Um, and this happens. So that might be uh, that might be an argument against like digital currencies in this in it, this it, case. It may be, maybe yeah. I don't know. I mean, it is an, it is a thing that has existed for millennia. A lot of people and, made money off of digital currency to this point, but um, one example was when they took silver out of U.S. coinage in 1964, and silver. It was actually more actually sixty five. Excuse me. Anything pre sixty four and on behind backwards in time um, is ninety percent. Oh yeah, uh, played it. Yeah, silver. Yeah, like and you can tell it when you when you drop a coin yeah. from before then and a coin from after then. Mm-hmm. The ting they make when totally when a they different hit sound. And they bounce. Yeah, it's pretty yep. cool in that regard. And a lot of people who get into coin collecting really admire them. There's an allure that they have with their, just their feel, their, their sense, like, and they have a different personality than... They've mostly been taken out of circulation at this point because of people... Gresham's Law, yeah. Yeah, and... That's, yeah. You know, 64, you said. 64 and on. So, if you have a 64 quarter, nick, uh, not nickel, excuse me, a quarter dime and... Uh, half dollar, right. half dollar moved converted to a forty percent, um, silver. Yeah, from sixty four through sixty seven, I want to say. <clears throat> Don't quote me on that, but yeah. I think that's that's what it was. And, and then, what about the what about the what about the dollar coin? Like the silver dollar, yeah. like the Morgans and yeah. the peace dollars and those. Yeah. Um, those are unique, I believe, because they probably stopped those product that production well before 64, I want to say. No, they, they kept on silver They kept dollar, doing Morgans? Silver dollars were coming out. My grandmother used to, you know, give me one for, you know, every one of my birthdays. Um, but uh, of course, I was a but stupid they were kid, real? so I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were silver dollars. I don't know what percentage silver yeah. they were. Yeah, no, because they make, they still make like, and uh, dollar. A lot coinage. of them were freshly minted, but, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like proofs and those uh, types of things. Like a stupid kid, I spent all of them on comic books and oh, stuff like stupid. that. Well, no, but it's, you know. Comic books are worth more than, like, today than they were back then, too. Some of well, them I, don't make anymore. Yeah, and I right? don't have any of them to fucking show for it, either. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but anyway, the point is, is that what we're seeing digitally going into the future, you're seeing just, like, a total clash, a war of, of it literally is a battle for our own... um in a way, our personal sovereignty with our property, um, and right down, it comes right back to the to the the quote unquote whatever you're defining as money, because yeah. yeah. ultimately, currency. yeah. What ult- is your currency? Yeah, but sorry, ultimately, oh, I didn't mean to. Well, no, just just the fact that you have um, 
you have just really specific um, liquidity preferences in some cases. Like Bitcoin is appealing to a merchant who has to pay the 3%, 2%, whatever it is, overhead like processing fee to the credit card companies. Bitcoin is appealing because they don't, they don't do that. Um, and I'm not necessarily for Bitcoin. I'm just saying like to a merchant whose business model is reliant on just 6% margins per annum, like the credit card companies take almost half of what they've, what their whole livelihood is. So it's like, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, there are examples of why we need these upgrades to this very computerized system. Um, cause it's not just about, oh, you use this credit card, right? This whatever chase card that gives you cash back as the customer, but then who's paying for that? The merchant in a lot of cases, cause they have that processing fee. I mean, either the merchant or, you know, it, it goes up, goes up the chain to, you know, eventually one central bank or another, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. And that was an interesting one too, because that was an example of negative interest rates. Like it pays you to borrow. And that was kind of the first sign of really that implementation on the war on cash because um, negative interest rates means, you know, now cash becomes even more valuable. Cash is winning in some cases because the fucking government and the bankers can't seem to get it right when it comes to let's stave off of it inflation but we can't cause a recession and once we do oh oh we're causing a recession and it's like you have to then make up all this weird fancy rulings around negative interest rates and that being the solution like any econ- any any economist or a professor from like the 70s or anything where we still had some vestiges within the gold standard like we understood how it played a role in international trade and commerce and, and when you force people banking. to stockpile cash as as a last resort what happens you know like when everybody's stockpiling that cash yeah it starts to tell you something it gets taken out of circulation you know and when it gets taken out of circulation one of two things happens either credit lines start getting used more or money starts getting printed more, you know, because there needs to be X amount in circulation. Or am I wrong? When it comes, well, wait, say, say that again. When, when you print more, when, 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 when you force people to stockpile cash, instead of spending it you one of two things happens either people start using their credit lines more excessively or you have to start printing more cash to keep x amount in circulation that's exactly right sorry i was distracted by the cords there um running low on battery on our thing um yeah that's exactly right that's exactly how that that dynamic works because where that money currency like you were saying it needs to be there's a current and without that if that current stops then all the debt that's in the system that's levy levitating it literally 
keeping it afloat. It's like a b- big balloon out at sea. And hey, everybody clap yourselves on the back. <laughs> we're, we're at record historical rates. Which is that. impressive. I'm, yeah. I'm, and that was one of the things I said at the Thanksgiving table was like, I still am just, I'm grateful that the whole thing has not come crashing down yet. Like, <laughs> like it is so fragile. Oh, you, you had the dark Thanksgiving that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much it killed the vibe in the room to be like, you know, you know, I'm just so grateful for the gas in my tank because it all could go to shit any minute. Like, and yet you gas can could, still gas go could be places. $30 a gallon tomorrow. Yeah, totally. Well, that's one of the ways that they're going to fucking, they could do so many things overnight revaluation. I mean, you name it. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's pretty the crazy. The only reason it doesn't happen is because we're in the United States of America where, you know, still luckily for us, like we're the first world of the first world. I'm not I'm not bragging here. I'm just saying like that's part the, of the at, gratitude. The, at the end of the day. <laughs> sure. But at the end of the day, like we're we're still in the position to dictate some of those prices. And because of that, we as citizens reap the rewards, which is one of those things that not. It's one of those things that's lost on a lot of people here. Is like, you know, over in Europe, they're paying, you know, you go up to Canada, even fucking Canada, you go up to Canada, gas is like twice as much. But you're, they, they also weigh it by the liter instead of the gallon. So you're like, oh, 169 a liter, that's a fucking good deal. It's like, no, <laughs> no, no, it isn't. No. <laughs> you know, like, and. How many liters are in a gallon again? Like three point something. That's three right. point I thought two, it was around. Three point six, I yeah. forget. Yeah. But. I thought it was like three and a half. But yeah, something like I could that. could be wrong. Um, but. Yeah, yeah totally. And, um, you're, and Europe's been paying cutthroat rates for gas for a long time, too. You know, and. It, it's not to say it's cutthroat, it's just a cutthroat industry. Even aside from the fuel and it as a precious resource, because it is, I mean, it, of course it is, but the question is, like, why we're still burning it makes no sense. And if, you know, how long is that going to, the question is, how long are we, are we going to be able to sustain we're such a thing? Like, how how unbelievably... I mean, silly. We can sustain it for as long as it's available, and unfortunately, like switching over from something that isn't proven yet fully is going to be pretty catastrophic. Like we've got most of our shit, most of our infrastructure, you know whether it's planes, trains, or automobiles run off of combustible fuels. Mm -hmm. And going solar, going going electric, you're never going to have, you're never going to have airlines doing that. You're never going to have militaries doing that. You're never going to have any great, 
uh, kind of district of infrastructure doing that because it's not reliable. And it's even, even if you could have something that pumped out, you know, X, a, X amount of times more energy than you needed, it's still so vulnerable compared to combustion technology. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I'm, the, I wouldn't, the, I wouldn't necessarily uh, argue for electric as a replacement. The thing we need to be looking at, and we've looked at this in the past, and it's been shelved because it's too good of an idea, and you know, like it's it it would basically cripple the oil industries, you know, and these are industries, these are, you know, hundreds of billions of dollar industries collectively over the world, they're not going to give up their foothold for nothing. If, if they can't come up with the next best technology themselves, then we're going to stay with what we have, period. And what we have now is probably, I mean, if you're, if you're one of those people that thinks that all climate change is human based, I'm not talking to you. You know, I'm, I'm talking to the people that understand that, yes, we have some effect on it, but there's also a lot of climate change we don't have an effect on, but there's also, there's a lot of stuff that we have an effect on that people don't want to fucking admit. Mm-hmm. So, like, if if they want to get into that whole, you know, that's like getting into abortion rights and then saying, you know, my body, my rights, but also insisting on a vaccine mandate. That's fucking ass backwards. And the mental gymnastics is just... So, but anyway, at the end of the day, what we should have been getting into fucking 40, 50, 60 years ago when it was initially shelved was hydrogen-based combustion. Yep. Because what is the runoff? What is the exhaust of a hydrogen-based engine? Water. Like, once you burn, once you burn that extra oxygen molecule off, believe it yeah h2o2 yeah so once you burn that extra water molecule off your runoff is water you know you're using a recycled piece in in so many forms three of them to be exact you're basically using pure oxygen Mm -hmm. like taken off of yeah yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you no 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 no, you're good i was just trying to add to what you were saying because you're absolutely right it's 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 a it's a recyclable recyclable um I mean you can make hydrogen. You can make it. You know? Like there's there's no end to how much hydrogen we could have. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I feel like Yeah. Um whoever's in charge just wants to create that sense of scarcity like set the tone for whatever exactly. resource that they exactly. needs to be and it's got to be scarce if, if they don't if, want you knowing that you live in a world of abundance yeah 
that kind of mentality, which is um, not just goes back to that whole planned obsolescence, and you can you can take the the lever off of the uh, thing a little bit, like let it um, sort of conflate the situation, con- like imposing itself onto a society, getting them more and deeper and deeper and deeper dependent on it, and then you know, based on how that society is responding to the changes and the fluctuations of supply and demand cycles. As you raise or lower the heat in the pressure cooker, basically. You know? As far as our dependency on a limited resource goes, you could, you know, mess with the gravity of well, yeah. how intensified no, this it's very easy. It's I yeah. mean it's social it's it's sociology, it's social dynamics. At, you know, it's very basic not you know, bu- bullyism. <laughs> well, I mean if that's a thing. That's that's literally how you take if if you if you study any coup you know, in recent history, that's basically you know, the tactics of it. That's how you overthrow a government is, you know, or how you overthrow people. You know, it depends on who's doing it. If, if it's, Overthrow or bamboozle? Well, I mean, eventually one hopefully leads to the other. But, you know, if, if it's the people doing it against their government, that's a coup. If it's the government doing it against their people, that's that's basically a, a propaganda campaign. You know, mm-hmm. or uh, psychological warfare, which is absolutely happening. Yeah, even though, like, so, most people just think that there are these just like innocent human mistakes, innocent human policies that we're just trying to sort things out, and that might be the case on certain local localized examples and levels of just, government. All you need to do is watch who benefits. That's really it. In the ultimate scheme. But where I'm like thinking is, and where I'm fortunate that we both live in such a sort of simplified municipality. It's not like a gigantic city. We live in a place where not a lot of people want to live. No. Yeah. And we're lucky for that. Which always, is what I always admired about this plot line of Northern Exposures. Just the idea that you have like a town, a city, or gosh, you can't even call it a city at that point, a village of <laughs> X amount of people that, Old you know, Western town. You're going to have very few robberies, very few. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Like there's just more, there's more trust that's built up into the system. So then. A small town America similar, style. Like Similar to the scale of economy in terms of trust, like in terms of how much of the government can we trust, very little of us do at all anymore. Hmm. Um, Yeah, no. Hell, I don't even know how the government trusts themselves in a way. Like they don't need to, they don't care to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't. I can't speak to that too too much because it would all be. It's just all speculative. The point is, is just even just when you have that family dynamic and you expand far out enough that your family is now a neighborhood, a village, a municipality, like we all have to get along, we all have to 
But then things go wrong, and all of a sudden, we're literally living on top of each other. Like, Which are like cities. Cities that go way too far left. There's a psychological thing that happens when you're literally sandwiched between people. You know? Like, you got people above you, you got people below you. You know, like, you're not living on the ground. You're, you know, it'd be one thing if you made a fucking treehouse for yourself, but you didn't. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, living in probably what is low rent housing, you know, like what some people would call the projects. Mm-hmm. And that has a psychological effect on people. You're, you're basically living in cells, you know, like, and we're not, insects we're not rodents you know we're we're not meant to live on top of each other like that some people can manage to you know thrive in you know high capacity environments like that some people prefer it and you you know it could be it could be part of why things are going more and more digital too like because I agree with you. I don't think we're meant to be so compact and sandwiched around, you know, the the hustle and bustle, the the swarm of, you know, just just everybody piled on top of each other. I mean, it's just yeah, you get you yeah. get a lot of intersect. You know, we were talking earlier about the Venn diagrams of the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. Uh, realms of of resilience you get shut off to so much of that when you know you walk into a giant building and you just go to your cell you know yeah and that's like a storage unit or a filing cabinet for people yeah and then this can you can escape using this and you get you know really really deeply you you go into your screen and yeah Slip, you know, you can slip into those rabbit holes that, like, oh, you really don't need that much square footage that much anymore because you're and, just you're just kind all. of in your little pod, doing, and doing and, whatever you're doing with your phone, and you're using that for every fucking transaction you make now. All of a sudden, and then yeah, you know, all of a sudden that turns into a chip in your fucking arm that in certain countries they're already putting into people, like right. Australia's pushing right. it, like. Yeah, throw this. Which chip is in. it really all that crowded in Australia? That's the point. Isn't that weird? It's it's not about it being crowded. They're doing it. They're doing it in you know the the regions of the country that are quote unquote first world. You know, there's right. There's a lot of places in Australia. Those new, new age ideas, progressive to put a chip on your arm. But it's because in Australia there's not a lot of people. It's a great place to roll it out. You know, as far as it's going to work or not, as 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 far as trying it in a first world situation, Mm. you know, like isn't China considered first world now? Don't they have chips in their arm? That that doesn't not lie. Whether or not they have chips in their arm, their China was the first place that started testing this on their population in mass. In you know what would be considered, you know, populated areas, you know, not necessarily first world, but not necessarily not either. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the social 
social credit score. And so whether whether it's through your phone or through a fucking chip in your arm, you know, there's videos of people in China, they go into a a, a public restroom and they're taking a shit and they can't get toilet paper because their social credit score is too low, you know, and that all has to do with, you know, just like, oh, well, you didn't, you know, hold this door open for this person or, you know, like you spit on the sidewalk this time or, you know, like, and that dictates how much you're able to maintain, purchase, mm. acquire, you know, like. And I definitely don't want to portray China as a progressive society, first world, all that, in that, like, on that pedestal. It's not progressive but, by any means. But they are, to be fair, to just the pendulum swing, like, to honor the where this pendulum is headed. They're willing, you, they're willing to use you, their billion people as a test subject. Definitely. Yeah, and and part of that is a, the population goes right back to the population conundrum and voucher system that they had for a while. That like I mean, it go, went. It goes askew. back to CBDCs and social credit scores. At the end of the day, like that's it's crazy. That's and and, and this is of, this is all you know, mil U.S. driven U.S. directed technology through you know black ops funding basically you know like we paid for this and we initiated it in a different country to try it on them before we try it on the rest of the world yeah i could see how that works in terms of all of that i mean it because you even have now you have like things like convenience stores that they don't oh, even have a, they don't even have a store clerk and Oh yeah, you're yeah. walking in there, and it just all it needs to do is just scan your your face, your gait, and and you have then an imprint of your uh, identity of how it can link to your bank account. So you can literally walk in, go ahead, shoplift. Doesn't really matter because if you leave the store with where the funds bounced or whatever, um. You're gonna be. You're gonna. You're. There's gonna be a warrant out for your arrest. Like, there. It's just because that was my big question of like, well, if they're walking in and just paying for whatever, like whatever a soda, like a soda pop, I get that. But what what happens when you when that check bounces? Like, but we're also left. We're also living in a world where they're still trying to make people wear masks. And guess what helps people commit more crimes? Masks. And guess what else? helps people commit more crimes having less funding for police you know and i'm not for the police and i'm not against the police you know when they're doing their job well they're a necessity and you know people are grateful for them most of the time when the police show up you're not the one that called them you know at the end of the day but that being said that would suck that being said, you've got less policing, you've got less human interaction, you've got more crime, you've got people being incentivized to cover their face. It's like, 
how hard is it to walk into a place today with any sort of mask on? I mean, I remember joking about this when COVID first happened, that it's like, if I walked in, you know, because I never wore like an actual M or whatever, 95 mask with all the chemicals in it. Mm -hmm. I never actually wore one of those. I, you know, they kept on flip-flopping us to whether or not they even actually worked. So I'm like, okay, this is mostly a gesture. I see that. You know, like, so I was one of those people that just, you know, like, wore a neck gaiter, and I'd double it up. But it's like, what's the difference between that? You know, doing that before you go into a store to buy something mm -hmm. versus going into a store to rob it. You know, like, you can't tell as, and that just heightens their anxiety. You know, like, all of a sudden you come into the store, they can't tell if, I mean, I'm, I'm a dude, you know, like, people won't necessarily look at me and say, okay, you're a threat, but if I'm walking up to you and then I put a mask on before I open your door, <laughs> that's, that's half a threat, you know? Right. So... You've got you've got people's anxiety going up just because of that. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. They're like, oh shit! Either we're getting robbed, or this guy needs smokes. You know? Oh, is he? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he's just here for a breakfast sandwich. You know? Oh, good. Oh, fuck! Thank God. You know, exactly. Like, I really didn't want to have to get shot this morning. I just I, I work at a convenience store for fucking fifteen dollars an hour. You know? Like the. The mental turmoil alone that's gone on over the last few years, its it's been a psychological warfare campaign, in my opinion. You know, like, we've, we've talked about, you know, like, WHO and CDC, they, they admit, they, we can't tell the difference between this and the flu and the cold. But we're we're still going to be pushing for mask mandates. We're still going to be pushing, you know, like you turn on turn on the fucking radio right now, and it's just like, hey, here's quarterback from you know this fucking team, and yeah, sure, you know he didn't actually graduate fucking college, but uh, he sounds like he can speak English, and uh. You know, here here's him to tell you about he how he wants to take the flu and the COVID vaccine at the same time this year. You know, it's like bio break. Yeah, thank you. Let's do it. I need to <laughs> evacuate. If you're in the central Vermont area and you're looking for a special souvenir to take home and share with your friends and neighbors, Ambient Fermentary's got you covered. Handcrafted from our hives to your glass. Ambient Fermentary produces craft batches of honey wine from the heart. As humble participants of a greater community of life, they wanted to offer something simple and refreshing. Most people consider mead to be too sweet. And we agree. Too much of anything produces its counterpart. That's why they brought back the oldest fermented beverage in a bold way. By using the fruits of the world in moderation. In other words, dry meads are their thing. And in this expression in particular, 
The Dry Table Melomel. We used fresh cranberries and lemon juice in its primary ferment, bringing fruity and acidic notes to the party that pairs well with almost any home-cooked meal and good company. Enjoy chill. Cheers. Oh, welcome back. All right. Where were we? We were talking about um, the, uh, well, gosh, so many different threads. I need to kind of backtrack a little bit. Um, coming, coming back to, uh, again, that Venn diagram where our energies that we're using to interact with the world and the world reflecting what that output is doing and then we get the feedback loop, so on and so forth, like when we're living on top of each other in the swarm. And so I like just some to, people would call that karma. As far as like, yeah, what's the, what's getting reflected back? The Venn diagram between, you know, the energy you're putting in versus the energy that's coming back. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, and just that that Venn diagram of, um, you know, each one kind of influences each other. And ultimately, what you get is a um, a type of coherence. Even incoherence is a type of flow. But is it a is it a it's good not flow? Cohesion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not composed. It's not. Um, it's not tasteful. It's not likable. Not to hung up again on the whole it's social a, it's, it's social credit score thing. It's a river but, that's flowing back and forth. So. Somehow able to coexist with its environment. Yeah. You know, Somehow able to dance with it. And speaking of water, just back to that piece around energy. Um, it's just a super fascinating topic. As you were saying that, I was kind of wanting to mention how there is, there have been um, certain uh, methodologies that prove that that's possible to use water as a base of, as a fuel base uh, to, to, in the form of a combustible. We can make hydrogen from water. Right. Pretty sure anyway. Well, we can use water, H2O, we just have to, uh, to power, um, to make it into combust, uh, the internal combustion engine to feed it water, to fuel it with water instead of oil, supposedly. I, this is just what I've been told. I mean, we could use ethanol. We could use a lot of things. Like anything that'll burn will run a combustion engine if the combustion engine is set up for it. Yeah. And I guess it's all comes down to the computing. Um, talked earlier about the different, the differences and, uh, one, you know, computer algorithm to another and like the zeros and ones, though that relationship and how certain files will get corrupted over other files and so on and so forth. You know, like with human error, you can have AI error and this doesn't necessarily tie back to the water as a combustible fuel. I'm just saying, like, it, the computing, right? It, there's good and there's bad computing to begin with. Well, you're talking about programming. Programming, right. like, yeah. either that prototypical engine that will actually 
implement such a thing, such a desired thing where you have all this abundance and, you know. We need to get Mike on for this. Mike and, yeah, and I was thinking Jody, too. I don't know how Jody, I don't know if Jody would be comfortable. I mean, we've been trying been wanting to get him on for a while but yeah i mean at least at least mike because you know what we're talking about is a little bit outside of our wheelhouse as far as understanding you know like i have i have the basic understandings for combustion engine but when you're talking about you know breaking down molecules to run one yeah you know like and Supposedly going, sorry, supposedly. Well, supposedly there was like the, just the computing to program at what point do you actually, um, harness or harvest the energy difference of changing the liquid to a gas form. It's like that instant that it changes from a liquid to a gas. You're harnessing that, that energy. In that instant, and and the fact is, um, petroleum or oil or gas, um, yeah, the yeah, like those things happen more. It's like, I guess, slower because with water, it's like instantaneous. Well, with water, I'm guessing we're talking steam, yeah, steam based, you know, steam based or just that that process. If you're just burning water, then yeah, like if you're like I think one of the one of the things one of the differences with hydrogen versus with water, you know, you can you can still have internal combustion that's actually like you know fire based, you know, combustion mm-hmm. versus steam based. Steam will work as a propellant. Yeah, I mean, we used coal. Oh, I mean, we I still mean, we still use steam. Yeah, yeah, but. Not as much, right? right? But so then, yeah, just to translate that to water, just kind of meeting that those two pieces in the middle, like where there's a will, there's a way, kind of thing. And the fact that oh, I mean, there's plenty of wills, and unfortunately, like a lot of them have been snuffed out or off. You know, like anytime somebody comes up with this technology and goes public with it. Or, you know, they try and get it patented or they approach, you know, a major company with this technology and try and sell it to them. It either gets shelved, the patent offices steal it, or they get killed. The The best way to do it is for them to, you know, once once somebody has this type of technology, you know, like free energy, basically, is what we're talking about. Once somebody has that technology, the best route for them to go is to go fully public with it and mm-hmm. back up everything they have. Mm-hmm. You know, like that way, even if they get off and their shit gets stolen, you know, it still gets released to the public. Yeah. Like, decentralized. Decentralized. Exactly. Decentralized. Right, exactly. Yeah, the um, yeah, there's people that have like been on that blacklist that have have to like keep that like bug out scenario in the back of their heads. It's like mm, those are those are the ones that are still alive. Yeah, 
Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that have been fucking taken out for coming up with ways to conduct free energy. Yeah, and it's like, at some point, you got to look at the evidence of that very thing. The fact that there have been, there's been such a force behind that control factor. Put a lid on it. So and, much money. You know, yeah, like, I mean, look, follow the money once again. Follow you know, the money, for sure. They like, have too much to lose, right? Right. Like, you know, BP, ExxonMobil. Like, Fucking these, A, dude. Chevron, these companies. I watched... Um, are are absolutely happy to pay a hundred grand to bump off some dude out in fucking Nairobi that figured out mm-hmm. a way to power his goat farm, you know, off of, you know, two cups of water and some sort of, you know, solenoid of some sort. I don't fucking know. But, like, yeah, like. Yeah, it's some crazy shit, man. Highly manipulated. Maybe not in a rope. That'd be a cheaper hit than a hundred grand. <laughs> I see what you mean, though. Like it's like, but it's crazy because, um, just it's so out in the open now that like it can't, it can't, it doesn't have anything to hide behind. You know, the emperor is getting is disrobing its clothes less and less every day. Like it's like this is. The it's Emperor's like little countdown. micro penis is hanging right out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how could you possibly ignore? His pubes are longer than his Emperor penis. Like, <laughs> like, and everybody can see it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's coming out quite a bit. Can't They can't really contain all of it forever, you know? Well. The, the internet has given people, you know, a tool to demarginalize themselves. Nice and little reconnect. bread and circus. Banana bread and circus republic. That's banana republic and bread and circus. Love you people. No. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, like the internet has given us a tool to kind of reconnect and it does cause just as much strife but it also there's there's a, a certain uh, solidifying I won't even call it unifying there's a certain solidifying amongst people out there that you know they they want the same for everybody and that is, you know, freedom of speech, freedom from invasion of privacy, and, you know, what, we all know the American dream is dead. We all know that. Like, we're not, we're not fucking scratching that itch and trying to pretend it still exists. But at the end of the day, like, there's certain aspects of it that are still attainable, and at the very least, we need to be, you know, making sure we can hang on to those, because that is what maintains a free society. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, agree. I mean, free in the loose sense of the words, granted, but. <clears throat> well, at the end of the day, yeah, be your own king and queen, as you always say. It's, it's easier said than done, I think, in a lot of circumstances, but when you become, when you start to step away from the, the, just the, the constant noise of these things, the, the internet, I agree, it's, it's, it gets us connected. But connected to what is the question? Connected to, to what? To a lot of, the a only lot of buzz. Well, the only individual who can answer that is that very individual. It's like, what is it? What is it connecting you to? And saying recently to a family member that, um, like why I've staved off like the upgrade for so long is, is that very reason. It's like, I know what this thing is doing to me <laughs> i know how this thing it's operates making me more dependent on it yeah it, well right. it's like it's just it's a drug in and of itself right yeah. um like most of these things you know they can either make or break our situation our attention span and my attention span is already bad like <laughs> it's not i don't need it to make it even worse <laughs> so i try to you know have picked my moments like when when can i use this thing oh i can't you know now is not the appropriate time like it's just just even that having that a sense of awareness is enough to put you give you a little bit more of an advantage um because at the end of the day we live in a tactile world where beyond, you have beyond tactile senses like digital it's straight up digital yeah, but at its base, tactile would mean that there was feel to it. No. Well, at its base, it is feel. I mean, like reconnecting yeah. Yeah. with the feeling aspects, and like some would call it simplifying. Um, you know, I think having that balance of getting in touch with um, what life, like, just even if it's just cooking a meal for ourselves, rather than ordering a pizza by pushing some buttons. Oh, I love pizza. Buttons. I love I love takeout too. <laughs> just like the next person, but you know, just having the wherewithal to like not do that all the time. Like right. right? Yes. I mean, obviously, that's that's what we're Are You that's getting what we're that about. lazy complacent, you know, like mindset and then all of a sudden you don't have anything in your fucking fridge except for condiments. And even that night that you want to cook something, you're like, "Oh shit. I got to Go down to the grocery store just to get something to cook. Mm -hmm. Like, I fucked up. You know, our parents used to have fucking freezers full of shit. You know? Yeah, every once in a while you get caught on, caught into that, that loop. I, I for one, I'm just blessed with more of that awareness to it, but I, I don't want to take it for granted at the same time. So it's like becoming aware of, having um all those things but at the same time not like just not you know writing it off as just the norm like even though it may be the norm like how how often do we 
even connect to the internet and just simply reflect on like, geez, how amazing is this that we actually are like, use it through the waves and the air. We're able to get on to, you know, a search engine or an app or a game or whatever and just like actually use this. Like, this is like crazy that this even exists. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, duh, it exists. Like, this is this is the deal. <laughs> like, this is the new norm, right? Um, and maybe I'm just going on a weird tangent, but no, the po- no. the point I'm trying to make is just like it. It there is it. Yes, it connects us to that digital form and um, the internet itself. But in a way, it also by connecting to that, we disconnect. Absolutely. To, from from Nature, so many other from, things. From what makes us actually the very yeah, the base the base of where we're what our circumstances are. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes we even forget to breathe. Yeah, no, I mean there's no question that it's more disconnecting than it is connecting. Because like you said, there's people that are so ingrained on it. You know, like, literally, most of their day is spent looking at their phone screen. You know, Isn't like, that crazy? It's insane. It's ins- I, I can't imagine it. Like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm just glad, I, I'm grateful that I'm not that person. Like, I'm just, there's, oh, God, can you imagine? At the end of, at the end of the day, I mean, there's just as much to focus on and witness and observe and interact with outside of your fucking phone than there is in it. You know, like, and most of it's going to be a lot more, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're going to create more genuine connections with people outside of your phone than you are inside of it. You know, even if it's just holding the door open for a stranger or, you know, like saying, Hey, Oh, uh, excuse me. And the other person says, excuse me. It's like that small interaction is more genuine, you know, as long as, you know, clearly both people mean it, more genuine than 99.99999% of interactions on the internet. Oh, gosh, absolutely. You know, and it, it's a brief flash of a second. And it's like, I don't even know this person. We just had a connection that you couldn't replicate on the internet for money, you know? No, there's no way. I mean, it would have to be, be a false memory implant, right? To do it, be like real life, shit. real life shit. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie exactly. Matheson. Exactly, Maddie Matheson, one of the greats. Fucking Maddie. All right, All right. I gotta, I gotta call it. We're wrapping here, it, folks. Yeah. So, everybody, uh, everybody, pull out and dry off. Yeah, and uh, I know you're probably listening to this on a device, um, so thank you if you are. That's uh, super appreciated. Just going back to the theme of um, 
not taking anything for granted. We don't take you guys for granted. And thank you for that chewing into the mic. Except for that Tell chewing in the mic part. Sorry, I, I I don't take that for granted. I that's a uh, call to call to pressure and a baptism by fire. Love you, folks. Really do. We appreciate everybody out there that's trying to uh, incrementally make things better. So, yeah, yeah, do the best you can out there. Look forward to our next. Thank you again. Real life shit. <laughs>